0: And we are back here on Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. We will do our best to give you more podcasts during these weeks. We're all in self-quarantine, self-distancing, and flattening the curve. And by all accounts, it's certainly working here in Los Angeles. How's how's it going for you, Vince? We're connected here via Skype. How are things in your world? How are you holding up?
1: Um, You know, I'm – pretty happy today because, and I don't think I'm blowing the surprise, we got to talk to Benny Failhaber and it was good to, good to see Benny, man.
0: Yes, so we'll not we'll keep our yapping to a minimum because we, we've we already recorded the Benny Failhaber interview and he was fantastic and you'll definitely want to hear what he has to say. We reminisce, we talk about uh, how to approach days like this and he has a really unique perspective certainly on some games and players from when he was with the club back in 2018. It doesn't seem that long ago, right? It was like already... Well, remember he's, he, goes, he was in every game
1: when our interview, he goes, man, you know, when I signed for Colorado, he goes, wow, that feels like 10 years ago. And it, it literally does. Yes. I mean, I wonder if he would have thought ever that in, you know, he does the, the BSI podcast with with Sal Zizzo and with Ike Aparra. I wonder if he would have thought that he'd be the first one not playing. while well, the two of them are now. I mean, Sal's with San Diego Loyal and Ike is obviously doing his thing with Minnesota. I wonder if he ever thought it'd be that dynamic.
0: Yeah, I spoke to him earlier in the week. And uh, he mentioned about retiring and he can still play. And there's obviously teams that probably offered him a deal, not at the money he would like and not at the money he deserves for, uh, if a team's kind Benny Fjellhopper, he's going to play 20, 25 games. That's the goal. Cause he could do so much for a club. But he told me it was like the, it's the running, the fitness. He goes uh, to go through all of that one more year. uh it's harder to do as you get older. There's no yeah. doubt about it. One, especially
1: if you consider the, obviously he couldn't have seen, foreseen what was going to happen, but imagine now there's, there is probably going to be two preseasons. I mean, they already have the one in order for us to get back and for players to, to safely play 90 minutes, they're going to need uh, another. I know, I know Luchi Gonzalez from FC Dallas said two weeks. I think it's got to be four.
0: I mean, uh, yeah. when this we is think- a seismic uh, shock to the system.
1: Yeah. When we talk about it, when you and I were just talking before we started the podcast, the, you know, the idea that the, there's still a moratorium on training that's guaranteed probably going to be extended. Um, you know, but you and I, we're, we're more on the optimistic side, I think where we feel if the guys can get back into training, let's say middle of May, which, which if we continue to do things that we're doing, you know, like the new directive, cover your mouth when you go out, you know, make sure, you know, you're staying inside only going out for necessities. Um, I, I don't see why they couldn't pick it up, you know, with training in May. Um, and then maybe we, we restart the season middle of June. And then in that case, like Don Garber said, if, as long as they get started around June, even into early, maybe July, could still have a full season, which would be obviously the, the best thing for everybody.
0: Yeah. And like you said, MLS had that, that early April deadline for training. That is one, almost 100 percent going to be pushed back, we imagine, for probably another month. We'll, we'll find out here soon enough. Uh, I don't know anything, so don't hold that uh, don't hold that up against me for any reason. but um, I think when you think about the preparations for the next season, what's the difference is is that every player ahead of the initial preseason was kicking the ball, We're playing games, were you know interacting with players, passing, shooting. Uh, there's none of that's been going on. Yeah. Since this started, they've been unless they're doing something, they've been indoors. Uh, fitness is good, cardio is good, but the actual football part of it has diminished to where days go by where they don't have any of that interaction.
1: Yeah, there's no reference points, right? You're only competing against yourself when you're riding the bike or you're doing your runs, so there's not really that that pressure, that that kind of force that you're going up against. So uh, I think you make a really good point, Max. Uh, the idea that they could stay as fit as they possibly could. It's not going to matter at the end of the day, even because they they just don't have simply the decision-making, the touches, the the playing with other guys, the being in a group. Um, Yeah. There's going to have to be some form of preseason because they're going to, they're going to need that. There's only so much fitness you can get on your own.
0: And um, we'll keep tabs of, of that as it moves forward. But uh, in the meantime, there's a lot of opportunities here. We'll focus on the player uh, situation. Uh, You know, We did have a conference call, and I know this was an internal conference call, but Bob Bradley joined us. It was for the entire LAFC community. And I just wanted to pass this on, because he said it, and uh, he said, look, get up in the morning and do the very most you can. Stay as active as you can, whatever that might be, reading a book, learning the piano, uh, learning something new on YouTube, going for a bike ride, doing what you can as we're allowed to. Uh, And just keep your day as filled as possible. So uh, I want to show you know, Bob knows a thing or two about that. So I remember when he heard that it hit me and I wake up in the morning, I hear his words. And you know, sometimes it's okay to lie on the couch for an hour or two, watch some TV. That's fine. But uh, try and push yourself as much as you can.
1: Yeah, the idea that you can maybe benefit from some time in in isolation and maybe learn a new skill. I mean, there's so many cool things just just on YouTube. Uh, Just, you know, you, you set up how many studios you got going in there, Max? Now
0: three. I got three studios. I'm in Studio Two right now. Studio One's a little bit more uh, developed, and Studio Three is really just me in a curtain.
1: Right. And I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to put you out there, but how long have you been talking about having studios, and now you finally had a chance. And look, you got three. You got three out of it. And
0: yeah, Studio One, I have a camera set up, and I have a, a green screen and lighting, and it was like it was built for this situation. Cause it's getting a lot of usage. I do stuff with LAFC. I do some stuff with the combate America who I, I call fights for they're on hold as well, but they've got to stay connected as we all do. Oh, what a good segue. Yeah, stay connected. Good. Stay LAFC connect. So you go to LAFC.com, click on that. And it will bring to you everything that is being done by LAFC. And I will tell you this, it's a lot. People are working real hard on a regular basis, staying in contact with our, our partners, our members, our supporters as best we can. So we keep it under umbrella. And if you want anything LAFC, you'll be able to find it there. And what it does is it syncs. You click on that, it'll sync it to your calendar on your phone or device or whatever have you.
1: Yeah, so that way you can you won't miss anything like tonight. Max Max Live with Max Bredos, presented Max by Condire and uh, Latif Blessing. If you if you go to LAFC.com backslash connect and you link up that that calendar, you'll get an, you'll basically get uh, a notification just before when Max is gonna go live. So you can hop on Instagram Live, make sure you're part of that chat with, with T Blessing. So I think in terms of people that wanna know what's going on and they don't wanna always have to maybe check back on the website, man, sign up for that. You'll have it all just at your fingertips where you can just say, hey, tonight's LFC in 30. Wednesday is LFC Rewind. I got a Max Live coming up on Thursday. You'll just be able to get all of our content in one place and you'll get notifications Uh, especially for live content like Max Live or let's say uh, maybe an EMLS game, uh, you'll know when those things are going on and you'll feel like you're part of of an event and connected in that way.
0: That was a very forced segue, Vince. Come on, dude. You're better than that. Hey, Bob, before I I take the bait, what do you think of the name, Max Live?
1: I like it. (laughs) I like it. I think Max, anything – look, my favorite alias of all time is from – simpsons i believe where he goes i want to be max powers and so anything you put max in front of anything it just sounds cool
0: yeah, that's true. But by the way, I mean, inside LFC, we had a moment. We kind of it, it kind of went on the shelf, but we're going to put it the Max and Vince pot. We're going to call it MVP. But we really still should because it's associated to us. And it's a it's a comforting thing. Like, all right, Max and Vince, people listen to us. You are the ultimate club insider. I am the broadcaster of the club. So we, we have a, a unique skill set. We have a I don't want to sound like the like the movie taken right here I have a unique skill set and I will find you uh we have a unique skill set and we have great access so we bring that to you so but you didn't bring up the uh the EMLS and I had a chance to uh, call uh, the game between the galaxy and we saw I think more than anything video games have really uh, inherited the earth right now because it is that one uh place that you can watch competitive action I've seen uh Fox do something with the uh, NASCAR drivers where they actually have the actual drivers recreating their entire season in the tracks uh, v- uh, virtually and then now their NBA is doing it where they have the players playing each other and like that's not for me I don't want to watch it but you know sometimes I'll say I'll say this about me I may not watch the NBA players play a video game but once it's completed I'm going to check in to see who beat who cuz I I'm always drawn to results Sometimes you don't watch the game but go, okay, who won? Oh, that's interesting. So I think there's a lot of value there. But it was really cool to call. Uh, EMLS it was the first time I did it, and uh, I, I'll get another chance Sunday to do it. They're going to do it all over again as LAFC takes on Dallas. I, I don't know if it's going to be a fundraiser, but it's at uh, 3 o'clock Pacific time, uh, LAFC, FC Dallas. So we'll be on there on the Twitch account for LAFC.
1: I, I believe the same donate link will be active, will be live. So I think you can, always, you can always donate. I mean, one of the coolest things of that was, one, seeing a peak of over 16,000 people watching our stream at one point. I mean, it felt like we were in an actual game in a stadium. Um, I thought it was really cool that you were able to kind of go between doing a broadcast and shouting out people, and they were able to interact with you. That was really cool. I mean, you did characters, Max. You you were doing. I emptied
0: was, the chamber with my characters. I didn't you, do David Bowie, but maybe that's what I do this Sunday. Ooh, Bowie yeah. on Sunday, huh? Hello, hello, everyone loves David Bowie calling. M L F.
1: How good was Remy? I mean, a shameless plug. We had him on the podcast uh, the a couple days before his, his matches, and then man came out with that three nil win right from the top. It, a little rough patch in the middle, but that uh, from from him scoring that goal, which. If you haven't seen it on Twitter, what? Look at the goal that he scored a tie and force it into a fourth tiebreaker, and then look at Carlos's first goal from the first LA Galaxy match, and th- it's eerie how, like, even just the movements of guys like looking back to see the ball going to the back of the net—it almost links up exactly the same. So check that out. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, and then obviously he he just run, runs wild with Carlos in that final game and gets the hat trick. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really cool, and like you said, we had to donate. We raised over five thousand dollars. It wasn't just wasn't just all of us doing characters and and getting Max to say silly things on the on the feed. A lot of people were doing it for a good cause. I know. Uh, what what was it,
0: Jumanji? You said Jumanji. People were going to donate. Oh, Someone go say. I, so I, you want me to say something? I will say it if you uh, donate to uh, what's a great cause. I know it's tough to donate. Someone even said there there was like sixteen thousand if everyone donated a dollar. And I sw- look if you want, don't feel bad about donating a dollar. If everyone does that and they see that then uh, you're on to something. So uh, I also want to thank Remy Martin and the Godfather for the LA Galaxy. I carved out some time before him and asked about strategy, what they're looking to do, tell me a little bit about the player ratings. And all that was uh, simulating what I would do to prepare for a regular game. And that filled uh, filled me with uh, all that I needed because it, it allowed me to go through those The practice, which we're all out of. So, I mean, I wish everyone could get that opportunity, but I was very thankful that they uh, carved out some time so I could prepare the broadcast as best I can. I took some shortcuts, but it was still kind of it it imitated it a little bit.
1: Well, how many more of these until Max? We get you on the sticks. I mean, you're getting you're getting all these tips from from Remy and from the guys. You're learning about strategy. I mean, when when are we going to see Max Bredo's play again?
0: Hey, I know uh, it's. uh, I, my issue was I don't want to start on the bottom rung and just take a whooping for six months. I don't know if I can commit that much time to playing. Oh, but you, you know. will. I will. But look, I, you've got to approach it. This Video games on the other end of all of this and EMLS and e-commerce, and it and is going to be fortified and it's going to get more people playing because so many people have to play it by necessity for their sanity yeah. in many ways because this is it for sports. I don't watch, I watch TV I watch like six seven hours of TV a day it's mostly sports I mean that's it's off and mm-hmm. I miss it but well it, it's you got to fill the void somehow so maybe that's the best bet
1: yeah I can only I can only rewatch uh Italy playing uh, Germany in yeah. the semi-final 2006 World Cup so many times
0: before the goosebumps go away man <laughs> who is the one who, who's the defender who had the great celebration with a winning goal Fabio Grosso. Or is that the fi- Fabio Grosso, one of the great celebrations in World Cup history. Check it out. Yeah, it was the uh, first goal in
1: that semifinal A pass from Andrea Pirlo. You can tell I've watched this recently. Yes,
0: yes. yes. Hey, uh, you know, just talking about the, the business of Major League Soccer, we can't speculate too much about when it will return. But I think people are, are getting concerned because things are getting either canceled or postponed that were going to occur in the summer, the Euros, I mean, that was a move they had to make because everything builds up towards that. Things are happening March, April. So you, t- you alleviate that pressure to, to do those things. They haven't even fielded out their entire tournament. They still needed to get those uh, playoffs going. And now Wimbledon is uh, going to be canceled for 2020. That was going to start at the end of June. So people are going, oh, stuff are getting canceled at June by the end of June. So what does that mean for these soccer leagues? And we, we certainly – these are not apples to apples by any means.
1: Well, I think when you talk about Wimbledon, you talk about the Euros, those are showpiece events. Those are at a certain time, you know, Wimbledon's every year, Euros obviously every four years, but those are events where it's not just games and people being in close proximity. We're talking about travel. There's going to be a ton, there would have been a ton of people going to those Euro games, a ton of people that fly from all over the world to go see Wimbledon. There's ticketing uh, aspects of it. It's the fact that it's a showpiece event and it's at a set time, you know, those events, that makes sense why those events are canceled. We, we continue to say with MLS is the fact we were so early in our season. Um, and actually some of the changes that they put into place over the past few seasons, moving up the season, moving up MLS cup is now allowing them to think that maybe they can get in a full season they say, Hey, we've had MLS cup as late as December 18th or something like that. We could do it again. Um, and I think that's, that's the optimism on the part of Don Garber and everyone else. And that's what we were being told too. There's, there's definitely plans in place for a 75% season, a 50% season, a 25% season, possibly even no season. Maybe everything's fluid, but the optimism is that if they can get in at a certain time, there's definitely a window, and there's definitely a, an ability to do a full season if they can if they can get the all clear um, and at a certain point. And look, I, we don't want to be overly optimistic, but if we continue to do the things we're doing. We are seeing some results in places. I mean, Washington is is doing great uh, after really kind of locking it down. They're saying California ourselves, the fact that we did it so early has been what's kept us from from you know experiencing some of the difficulties that New York has. So these things are, are really fluid. But I, I do, you know, I don't I don't want to harp on all the bad stuff. There's there is some optimism that can be there. And, and MLS is has kind of this weird Goldilocks zone that they're in that they maybe can still get in a full season, whereas a lot of other sports are kind of thinking, okay, we might be done for the year. We'll, we'll set it up again next year.
0: Yeah, and we address that, and we know some people listen to this outside of Los Angeles. And if you're in New York, we feel for you, and we any, I mean, all the support, and we want you get all those resources. Uh, in, but in Los Angeles, they they took a real cautious approach. I mean, by I mean, I got the news yesterday that the schools are stopped for the rest of the year, which I, I was hoping we could hold off on a bit just for my own sanity here, but um, more so my son's sanity, because he—he he, every kid doesn't want to go to school, but after self-schooling here for a few weeks, school doesn't sound so bad. I mean, it is tough to stay focused and the kids all over the place are doing a wonderful job and kids keep doing it. You really feel for the kids who are like 15, 16, 17, that are missing uh, those important social events at the end of a school year. But it's... um. I, it's what they've done in LA has been, has really paid off. Uh, you know, they were closing schools and playgrounds here before they were doing it in New York in many cases. So, I mean, I think Los Angeles, so everyone who's listening in LA, uh, we appreciate what you've done. Celebrate the moments that you, you cross in your quarantine. Uh, we have officially three weeks under our belt. So we're gonna have, I might have some champagne later for that. If there is, there is any left, Another, no more cake. Yeah, you that cake is to... still in the fridge. That cake is still in the fridge from week two. I knew it. So, I knew you didn't get through that cake. So we appreciate that, and uh, everyone is doing it. I mean, we know we have to, when they they say flattening the curve, it has to be everywhere. But there's there's positive signs, and we want to keep it very positive because obviously, when you turn on the news, you don't always get that. So come to Inside LFC. Not that yeah. we – I mean, maybe, maybe we'll break the news. And we're not doctors. We only play ones on TV. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing. And there are doctors and scientists and we should listen to them. But there's a lot of people out there who are not uh, equipped with information that you've got to take with a, a very large grain of salt. Did we cover it? OK, we, we covered it. LAFC Connect is the big thing we want to get across. So go out, do that, and then you'll have it all on your phone. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy and life, as you know, it will be equipped as an LAFC fan. But we should get to the Benny interview. Yeah. Everyone's okay. waiting for us to shut up so we can get to Benny. All right. It was really good. We're going to take a quick break here on Inside LAFC when we return our full interview with former LAFC giant Benny Failhaber. (laughs) Welcome back to Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast, and we're trying something a little different. We are Extending uh, the branch out to former LAFC players that were loved, still loved here in Los Angeles. And with that, we welcome in Benny Failhaber. Benny, how, how are you doing these? How are you holding up?
2: Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's been some interesting times. Uh, thankfully for me, I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty close – I love being at home. So I'm a homebody and uh, maybe been easier for me than for some
0: that that said there have to be moments <laughs> where you probably like to get in your car and drive enjoy the great outdoors
2: yeah i mean there's no doubt you you want to go outside um we we were able to go a little bit you know with in our backyard and balcony and that kind of thing um spend some time and it's been good weather here in Kansas City but uh man, I I feel bad for like the New Yorkers more than anything. I mean, they, they, they don't live in their apartments. You know what I mean? They, they sleep there and maybe, maybe have a meal there, a breakfast or a dinner or something like that. They're stuck in, you know, smaller apartments all day. And, and that's where like the epicenter is. And so, man, it's, it's rough for some of those people. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm here in some spacious, uh, Kansas city.
0: And that, that bears repeating because I think in New York, it, it is a social city where you live in your apartment, but you spend most of it out walking with your neighbors. So uh, I think that's – I'm glad you mentioned that, Benny, because you know what? Truth be told, I haven't really heard that in a lot of other places. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember, Benny, you, when you were with the team, you were one of the few guys that was like, I need some real estate. I need a yard. I need some <laughs> things. I mean most of the guys, I, I don't know if you still keep in touch with a lot of them, but they're now all downtown. So they're almost yeah. in that New York type bubble too. Could you imagine being stuck here in LA downtown at this moment?
2: No, I mean I I couldn't imagine being in. I mean I have I have three kids, uh, me and my wife, and we have a dog, and so I couldn't imagine being in anywhere other than you know this is gonna sound ludicrous, but at least like three to thirty five hundred square foot home right now. You know if you're you're stuck, I mean you've got six six live beings. And, uh, if, if you're crammed into, you know, a two bedroom apartment or three bedroom apartment with, you know, 1200 square feet, I mean, I would go crazy. And, um, so I, I, like I said, I, I feel for those people. Um, and, and thankfully for me, I've always been a guy that loves to be at home. So I've thought, you know, even in LA where, you know, real estate is much more expensive, expensive. Uh, we, we felt like it would be much better for me to have a longer commute through train where everybody, you know, it's well documented that I took the train and the scooter to practice. Um, but got to live in a bigger house cause Rancher Cucamonga is a little bit cheaper than living, you know, Pasadena, Manhattan beach, all those places that most of those guys look to, including downtown LA. You still have the scooter? <laughs> I do have the scooter, but I don't have as much use for it. The, the one thing that I sometimes still use it for is going to the pool, the community pool here. Um, I'll put you know one of my kids on it and we'll go together. But right now, obviously no pool, yeah. so.
0: Benny, for those that don't know, could you uh, rehash your commute to training? So the train, and just explain how that would go, how you'd get there and how you get back home.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was simple. So I was five, 10 minutes away from the train station in Cucamonga. I'd drive my car from home to the train station train was about an hour. Uh, it would take an hour to get from Rancho Guga station to uh Cal state LA station where I'd be with a bunch of students getting off the train. And, uh, it's actually down below the street level. So you take, you, you, you try to, I'd scooter actually to the elevator to try and get there before the crowd and I'd be <laughs> one of the first ones in the elevator and the elevator opened up. Um, When it opened up down by the train station or by the, by the, I guess it was underneath the street level would open up on one side and then it would open up on the other side once you get to Cal State LA's campus. And so I'd put myself right up against the door and I'd scooter my way all the way to practice, which probably took on the scooter, you know, four or five minutes. Otherwise it would have been probably a 15 minute walk or so. So not so, not so bad in the morning, but after trainings, when you're tired you didn't want to walk up, and it was uphill to get back to the train station. So back to the train station, I'm really glad I had that scooter.
0: And on the uh, on the train ride, you had your laptop open, breaking down the defenses of the Colorado Rapids and uh, and the like.
2: <laughs> I actually played a lot of bridge with my dad on the train station, but you could do a lot of
0: stuff. That's awesome.
2: You could, awesome. uh, you could be reading books. You could be napping. Sometimes I'd be so tired. I'd take a nap on the train, which was awesome. Um, and every single time on the train on the way home, I would look outside and just thank God that I didn't have to drive back home.
1: Well, so, I'm sure you got quite a few podcasts in, so this is my good segue to, to your podcast. Uh, yeah. We've been seeing you a lot of places lately, Benny, and one of them has been your the BSI, the podcast. Uh, but also, uh, as of late, you've been uh, breaking down a, a match that, uh, has particular fondness for some fans, uh, around this town. It was
2: painful. It was painful.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Let me, let me ask you something. I, I've always been curious about that as someone that played in that. And now that you kind of like can look at the team from afar was, is that as painful as it is, is that something that you kind of felt like LAFC maybe needed to go through? Like what would have happened if we would have won that game three now?
2: Um, I, I don't think it changed too much. Um, I actually thought about this. So I was thinking in my head, we lost that game 4-3. It was our first loss, right? We had come off of two wins being the one that, against Salt Lake, a really good win. And, we were, and, and then I watched that LAFC or the uh, Galaxy game, and I was impressed. It's the first time I've watched it because we know how painful it would be for most players to watch that again. Um, and I was really impressed at how well we played in large majorities of the game. And I I even saw that Bob said something at halftime that, you know, we still needed to improve. And I mean, that's typical Bob, but if he goes back and watches that game, I think he'll be impressed at three games into the season, how much we were doing a lot of the things that he preached during preseason, Um, you know, playing through the center of the field, finding little pockets, putting your body in the right place so that you can, and maybe these are things that, you know, come in my head more often, maybe Mark Anthony Kays and Twesta's and the guys that were playing in the middle of the field. But a lot of those guys were doing the right things. And so um, it, it was it was really interesting to see. And I thought we were doing a really good job. And, of course, it, it you know doesn't pan out to be uh, the result that we wanted. But I don't think it had too much of an effect. And mentally, during that first season, we did have plenty of moments where I, I actually think we didn't know how good we actually were. And we got into moments where we're like, oh, God, now we need to protect this lead instead of just playing the same way that we know how to play. And we got into you know problems that way. So that was one thing that happened against the Galaxy. Uh, it happened actually again against the Galaxy when we played at home. And it happened a couple other games throughout the year um, and, and obviously hurt us in, in the playoffs against Salt Lake as well. But um, having said that, you could see the blueprint is there. Exactly what Bob's trying to you know preach and what the team's kind of become in season two and early on now in season three. It, it was there game three of season one. So it was impressive to see.
0: There's no doubt that season one laid the foundation for uh, the success that LAFC would uh, uh, enjoy in season two. And and that's really interesting what you said about what you were doing right in the connections in that Galaxy game. Where were there moments where, and I I think of the Atlanta game where they lost five zip. And I remember afterwards, you could see the club soaking in all the lessons they could possibly so that something like that wouldn't happen again. And something like that hasn't happened again. When you look back at that season, where were those one or two moments where you really said, this is this is the moment we could learn from and let's squeeze the lemon as much we can to get the most out of it?
2: I mean, the Galaxy game is a great game to take something out of it because you watch that game and for the 90 plus minutes, I'd say we outplayed them for a solid 75. And the moments that we didn't outplay them were when we lost confidence. So obviously after the first goal, we, we lost confidence and we stopped playing the way we were playing one in pressing them. We stopped pressing them all together. We just wanted to keep them in front of us and we allowed them to kind of get closer and closer to our goal. I mean, the second goal is, is insanity. How much we let Emma Boateng just get into that area and, and, and put a cross in without any pressure. Um, I know we're worried about Ebra. That's kind of close to, to Emma as well, but um, it, it's not our style of play and you see it now. I mean, that would never happen. Right. I, I mean, Bob wants the team to to put pressure on the ball, win it even further up the field, um, that, that counter pressing, you know, and and, and so uh, it's just a loss of, of confidence. And that happened. I know the game against Atlanta was a completely different game where we lost 5-0 and never deserved to win. But until Atlanta broke the seal, that game was, I think it was more for us than for them. And once they broke the seal, you know, we still try to go for it. Once they get the 2-0 on the counterattack, which was a, a good goal by them, we kind of die, and then we let the game completely get out of hand. But, um, again, it's a bit of the confidence aspect. And, and that first season was about that because we didn't really know how good we were. And when things kind of went bad, our confidence dropped, and that's when, you know, we didn't play at our best anymore.
1: See, this is, this is why to this day, Benny, when people ask me, you know, who's who's good to talk to with the team, I still say, you know who's great to talk to? Benny, because he can actually really break stuff down for you. And he's willing to do it. You know, you get some guys that, one, they don't want to go out of their comfort zone or two, they, they're talking to me and they're like, well, what do you know? You're not out there. But you you were always it, it, it willing to kind of break it down. And so I want to ask you, you know, you're enjoying this time with, with your podcast, but uh, I always tell Max, I mean, man, if there's a, a guy that I would love to hear in the booth uh, breaking down matches and doing play-by-play, it'd be Benny. And I know you were kind of... Feeling that out, even when you were here in LA. So, what? How much are you enjoying the podcast compared to maybe possibly, you know, extending into being in the booth and doing stuff like that?
2: So, I, I've been trying to keep myself prepared for anything that happens, right? So, one thing that I wrote on on my um, you know letter retirement is that opportunities are everything, and you don't know what kind of opportunities will arise, where they'll they they will come from. And so I've been I mean, obviously, the podcast is a lot of fun. I think we provide something pretty unique in that aspect, uh, the conversations that we have with people. So I, I want to keep that going for as long as we can. Um, the I, I'm doing a coaching course right now. I'm doing the B license. So I want to keep that um, door open because I could definitely see myself getting into coaching, uh, enjoying that. And, and it depends kind of what opportunities arise from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, the, the media side. Is something that I, I have, you know, ongoing conversations um, with Fox, which is who I, you know, uh, did the uh, semifinals of the Eastern Conference when Atlanta played against, or sorry, the finals of the Eastern Conference when Atlanta played uh, Toronto. I was there, and 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 that was a lot of fun. Um, I wasn't doing color, but I was doing, you know, studio analyst work or whatever. Um, although it was on the field, but um, that kind of work and and a lot of things interest me. I don't know what I'll be best at. I don't know what opportunities will come. Um, but I think that will be something that, you know, if it does come my way, that that I would be very interested in in, in trying out and, and seeing how good I would be at it.
1: Yeah, you in the MLS studio was pretty great. I mean, you, yeah, you did that, too. Talk yeah, about yeah. that. You, you get so many guys that they go in there and, and they want to be nice because, you know, they're friends with these other players. But you were you were willing to, like, lay it down with some of the, some of the things, and I, I really appreciated that in those moments in the playoffs.
2: Oh, man, I don't actually remember that, what I said about who, but, um, you know, I, I tended oh, – yeah, go ahead. Somebody – I can't remember who it is, but somebody was asked you, you know, what's somebody's legacy, and you said short.
1: I can't – I don't no, – I, I don't remember. It was Eber. Oh, it's Eber. Yeah, and you're like, just short. <laughs> and they're like, you got nothing well, it was. else. I mean, like, he, well,
2: what do you want? He was fair. He was only, he was only there for two years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, he's – He's a world I think he's a one of the best players of our lifetime of my lifetime um, to ever play but when he came here he's is older he you know didn't win anything he scored a lot of goals but he was very divisive as well in, in the team and and he was only there for two years so um, I don't think you can you can describe it you know as as much more than that but a great, an unbelievable
0: player. That was a good description, though. <laughs> I'm very accurate. <laughs> yeah. And I think the people who are LAFC uh, audience will will lap that up as well. Hey, uh, you mentioned coaching. If that day comes is uh, and I know you always had a good dialogue with Bob, but that is would, would that be a resource that you use with some frequency if you wanted to take that direction?
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. Even the time, even the year that I, uh, I left L.A. for Colorado, um, feels like it was 10 years ago, but it was last year, but I, I would still have plenty of dialogue with Bob, um, and still do. And so I, I, I mean, I watched LA, all LAFC's games last year and and I would mention to him, you know, some of the times when you guys played, you know, m- better than, you know, you've ever seen before. And I'd mentioned to him, wow, you guys, you know, really doing something special now. And we, we have, you know, a little bit of uh, a text thread going, give and take about, you know, sometimes I want to ask him for some advice and, 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 you know, he, he's got plenty to offer there. And so he's always going to be a source for me, whether it be, um, if I get into coaching or just, you know, life itself. And so he's, he's a guy that I've admired and, and has been a, a big part in, in, in a positive aspect of how to become a better player and a better person. And hopefully now, you know, whatever's to come.
0: Selfishly, I'd like to keep you in the media side, Ben, because I think you're off to a great start here. And with the podcast, you host it. I'm pretty sure you are. the. And this goes back to why you'd be a good analyst, because you've been in the league so much that you know all these players, you've played with them, you played against them. Mm But I imagine you're also the talent booker, right? So you're reaching out to these guys. Is that accurate?
2: That's one of the hardest parts of the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Especially now. especially You shouldn't now. be doing that, but you are doing it to, in order to have a podcast.
2: We all do it. So uh, there's some guys that Ike knows better than I do, so he'll reach out. There's some guys that Sal knows better than I do, and then there's some guys that I know better than they do. And so we all kind of play our parts Um, in the beginning, it was easy because we hadn't had anybody else on the show yet. So you can reach out to basically anybody that, you know, now you start having to, either you got to, you know, go for people that for whatever reason you haven't brought on the show yet, or you have to go through maybe a second party to get to that guy. And so for (laughs) example, one, one guy that, uh, we, we'd love to get on the show is, uh, well, actually, I guess we were, we are thinking about getting Tyler Adams on the show and, and Sal's actually, you know, Close with them, but then we said, okay, well, how do we get, uh, you know, McKenney or Christian Pulisic? So then we're gonna have to have Sal talk to Tyler Adams to talk to Christian Pulisic to see if he can come on the show. <laughs> so like it's, um, yeah, it's like the hardest part for us.
0: Yeah, I knew that.
2: Once we get him on the show, it's it's all it's all fun and games. And by the
0: way, you got stuff. you guys got Alan Gordon on the show, and now he's blowing up. I saw he was on with Twelman on Banter, so you know you. Uh, wait, wait,
2: let, let's let's go back. I I don't, I I don't care that other people are going on other shows, but it was. It was uh, Alan Gordon and McGee was on, on, that's on right. the Taylor show, and they were both our, I mean, dude, I think people want to, if people want to come on our show first and then go to everybody else's to, you know, improve their careers, and, and when I think that that's great for our show. If that's the Absolutely. If that's
0: the, we noticed. We <laughs> noticed.
1: Yeah, you guys are the originals. You guys are the hipsters, like fi- breaking bands before anyone knows them. I mean, <laughs> you, right. you made a good point, though, about you guys all bringing something special to it. I think for anyone that hasn't heard your podcast yet. Um, I would definitely say check it out because you guys have been able to get some things out of guys that we were, we're surprised to hear. I mean, just the interview with Carlos alone. I mean, one thing that Max and I always say about Carlos is he's really funny. And he, in your interview with Carlos, we got to see a little bit of how funny he was and his personality. So what what has it been like trying, you know, for once, you know, being able to bring some personality out of some of these MLS players and really kind of showcase the league, something that we're, I, honestly, we, we lack.
2: Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, it, because... So those usually come through when you know the person, right? So I know Carlos for the year that I was there, and I, I know the awesome dude that he is off the field. Everybody knows him as you know a great player, um, you know one of the biggest DP signings. Um, I always say he's the best DP signing in MLS history because he is the best teammate that brings zero ego to, the, to, to a team. And, 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 and that in turn allows every, everybody else to not have an ego either. Right? Like if I come in there and I have an ego and Carlos is 10 times the player I am or more, and I have an ego now, I mean, that's not going to work out. Right. So Carlos was the absolute best DP signing I've ever seen. And, and I wanted to sh- show people why, you know, why, what is it about him off the field that that's so cool and, and, uh, and why is his personality so easygoing? And, and so I think, we showed that a little bit. And obviously my relationship with him helped, um, you know, a funny story that I was just reading. We, sometimes we go on Reddit to kind of get some ideas of what people want to see from our show. And we went on it and somebody wrote, yeah, Carlos Vela, you guys should watch this one. It was a great interview. And then somebody else posts, yep. He got more out of him than, uh, the, the Mexican media got in 10 years. So, it's, easy. <laughs> it, right. So it's, it's, just, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun. And I think it's something that for us, we also want to show every player in their best light, and so I think that was one cool thing
0: about Carlos. And, and a good lesson in networking because you were able to get that. So people can listen to that in that interview on your on the BSI podcast, correct? Yes, yes. So of anyone of sure. the LFC wants to check that out, go to where podcasts are available. We got Walker BSI.
2: as well. We did Walker as well last or uh, last year, I think. Walker and, was so uh,
0: politically correct in your in
2: your. He was a little bit, but he said some funny things as well. It's, That's there's true. some good things for Walker.
1: But but what was it? Who you asked if LFC could beat the national team?
2: Yeah, and he, he's
1: he, he kind of deferred on that one. What what would have been your he, answer to that?
2: I, I think LFC would beat the national team. At that point, I mean, yeah. right now I don't know, but at that point, the national team was still, I mean, it still is and kind of flux a little bit, but um, I mean, LFC last year played at a ridiculous level. So, uh, no, the national team wouldn't have been able to beat them.
0: LA LAFC a lot healthier than the national team by and large, this last two years. That's true. Benny, honestly, I can sit here for an hour and talk to you, but I know (laughs) you got six people, by the way, here's an interesting story I want to share. I have my, uh, my wife, my son, our dog, and my mother-in-law lives with us there. It's like my wife's Korean and her brother and uh, also moved in with us. So, uh, there is – every morning I'm awoken by the smell of a giant jar of kimchi being opened. Wow, and lucky you. <laughs> it's, it's something I've gotten used to, but I had to come upstairs. It is – I mean some people are putting toilet paper industry out. Some people are putting alcohol out of business. <laughs> we are going through a jar – I mean a large jar of kimchi every two days. It's pretty – it's outstanding, but it keeps you very regular. I know that's pretty off-putting and a, a turn we probably shouldn't have taken, but just out <laughs> Thanks, there, Max. if you can get any kimchi in Los Angeles, but you probably can't because my mother-in-law is probably taking it all.
2: Dude, I have a question for you, real quick. I, I was watching your show with uh, Lex yesterday, and you were you were so hot, and now what are you cold?
0: It's a, I have a window, and what happened? It's it's the sun comes through at six. <laughs> <laughs> and oh so so we're this is a audio people may not see but we're on video here to make it uh to make it a lot more seamless but uh yeah i have to open it up but it was
2: uh in the afternoon it's too hot and in the
0: morning it's too cold is out is yeah. there's no ac in in california i have it but i'm trying to be very uh, <laughs> very diligent with all my energy usage but Let's i do see. stand outside and get the sun so i'm probably getting a little more sun than i should which if you're not if you do listen to somewhere in, in uh, outside of la you're probably like come on dude come on dude Hey, is there something you miss about it? I mean, you seem happy in Kansas City. I know that you like it. But what's something you miss about life in L.A., Uh, a a, a creature comfort or something like that?
2: I mean, life in L.A., the the thing that I miss the most is, uh, I mean, I love the weather there and my family's from there. So I got to see my parents a lot more. They got to see their grandchildren a lot more. Um, That was the best thing of living in L.A. But I I mean, I'm always going to miss playing for the team, you know, I mean the fans, the stadium, and all that stuff, but actually playing with those guys and uh, you know how good we were and how good they have become um, since it's it's a lot of fun playing with a good team and um, you know watching that even though it was in a loss like you said watching that game against the Galaxy it uh, it brought back good memories of of what it was like to play on that team and so that was what I missed the most. Good man. Good man.
0: We miss we miss you too, Benny. We miss you. Yeah. Hey, I'm talking to Latif Blessing uh, on our uh, Instagram live. It's gonna show, be hilarious. Right? You're,
2: you're talking, or is he just We're, gonna say, "Yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy." <laughs>
1: Benny, what's the over under? under we on. can't Benny, find Latif at, at the time he needs to be on. Over <laughs> under. It's definitely pretty high, right?
2: I, I I might check in to to listen to him. Is this on Instagram Live?
0: It'll be on the LAFC account on Instagram Live at eight o'clock Pacific. So it's gonna be pretty late for you. Uh, but we'd love for you to, to tune in. Right. Any tips to, on uh, uh, talking to Latif to get a good answer? I've done it a few times. If you just
2: call him the game changer, he'll he'll light up. So perfect. Thank you.
0: A- ask on. him ask him about
2: ask him about our time in preseason. Me, Beta, and him in in, uh, in our time together at Westwood. That was fun All right. times.
0: All right, I will. You, Beta, and Latif <laughs> yeah. in West. That That's sounds right. like a nice nice short novel I would like to read. That sounds like a reality TV show. <laughs> that too. All right. Hey, Benny, again, we really appreciate it. You were fantastic. This was better than we could have expected. We appreciate taking. I know it's been busy. Stay busy, my friend. It's key here uh, during these times.
2: Yeah, you guys, too. Stay safe, man. All
0: right, pal. Thanks. Uh, So we'll put a bow on this episode of Inside LFC. We're going to try and get out as many podcasts as we can so we can share great information like we did with Benny Failhubber. Please subscribe, rate and review. We'll see you next time.